Hola, my name is Lucia Diaz. I'm the host of the Art of Representation podcast. The focus of this podcast is to make sure that Latinas see themselves in the world, feel represented and celebrated. I'm super excited to interview the, some of the most incredible Latina leaders within our community. Uh, we're gonna find out about their journey, how they got to where they are, and most importantly, how we can get there as well. Tune in. Uh, hola, hola, hola. Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Representation. I am super, super excited to be here with a queen of queens, um, a Latina in tech, Sandra. And she's somebody that I was super inspired by after illustrating her for Corbell and Latinas in Tech. Her story resonated so much with me because my you know my family is from Colombia I love Colombia Colombia is like my second home so I wanted to make sure that I connect with it with her and especially to listen to her story as an Afro Latina in tech so Sandra muchas gracias por estar aquí como estas yo estoy bien y cuéntanos bueno cuéntanos quien eres y de donde okay. viene so um, mi nombre es Sandra Mosquera I'm originally from El Chocó, Colombia, the Pacific side of Colombia, from Quibdó. Um, I've been in the U.S. for 15 years, I think. Oh, God. I got here in 2008. Um, um, my family and all, all my roots are from Colombia. We are Afro-Colombians. I moved to the U.S. looking for a better education, better opportunities. Um, I came here... In 2008, I went to California for a little bit. I didn't like it. And then my mom, before before I went back, because I was like, no, the U.S. is so hard for me. And people are so rude. I was like, no, I need my little hometown with my family and my good food and no cold weather. And my mom was like, you know what? You have some uncles and some aunts. One of my mom's best friends had just moved to, to Philly with some relative from my mom. And she's like, why don't you go there and see if you like it? So I came to Philadelphia, and I, I remember that um, I had to go to the community college to see, you know, if I could get enrolled. And you know, I didn't know anything about immigration, none of that. I just knew I wanted to come and try to study and do something. So I had to take a long bus ride. And Philly has these really nice murals. They're known for the murals, and I hate buses. But then going through the murals, I was like, oh, this is not so bad. I get to see those beautiful murals every day, and I was like, you know what? I can, I can do this. And then my family here was just so welcoming and so helpful. And they helped me navigate, you know, getting into school, getting a job and the whole thing. And I was like, you know, what? I can do this. So I stayed and then started studying. My original goal was to be a lawyer because in Colombia, I was studying law. Since I was little, I have always been the lawyer to be in the family. My dad's family, they're all lawyers. My mom's family, they're all entrepreneurs. They all have their own business. But I was just going to be another lawyer in my dad's family. And so, uh, and I was studying law in Colombia, actually. I was in my third years of law school when I decided to move up here. So I went to school for paralegal studies, you know, because, you know, law. And then when I graduated, I didn't know that law here was a master's degree. So I graduated from college yeah. and I had, I had an associate and I had to think about what I was going to do for my undergrad and then um I was go I was working at TV Guide as a, as a Spanish writer and there was a little school nearby that had a program for adults so so uh non-traditional students at night 
So I went and looked at their curriculums. They didn't have anything related to law. They had an information system degree. My best friend in Colombia was an information system major. My dad is an engineer. And I was like, you know what? Why not? I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, this works. It was like two minutes from work. And it was a good career. I knew it was a good career. So I was like, I was going to do, you know, information systems. I thought I was, I, I was old, older than everybody that was going to school. Well, that was for non-traditional students. But in, in, for me, it was like I, I was old to become an engineer. It was like, I'm not going to learn how to code at, you know, I don't know what I was, like 24 or 25. But uh, I, I did uh, my career, my, my undergrad, and then... I remember I was sitting in a chair in my aunt's salon here in Philly for my graduation, and I got a call from a recruiter. And they're like, oh, we're a recruiter for a, a big company, and they want to interview you as a Java developer. I was like, no, me. Java, ¿qué es eso? No, jamás. Java. I was like, oh, my God, no. Uh, coding, I did my coding. I was a really good stu student, and so I had good grades, but... No, like, you know, there was, I remember my tutor was my teacher, 16 year old, that was already taking college classes and developing. So I was like, you know, 16 year old, 25 year old, that's not, that's not how it works. But I was like, you know what, let me give it a try. I was really good at, at databases and they were looking for somebody in that point that was good at databases because their code efficiency wasn't good because their coders weren't good at databases. So I told them, look, I don't know any Java, but I'm good at databases, right? Relationships, tables, and queries. And that's what, that's what they were looking for. Somebody that will, will work in their database part uh, or the query so that it, their code would run a little bit faster. And uh, we, nobody tells you that in school. Nobody tells you that, right? Like You're like, okay, I'm going to write some code and it's going to run and it's going to do what you tell me that it, that it will do. But they don't tell you that if your queries for your database is inefficient, then it's going to slow down the entire system. So long story short, I went to the interview. I told them that I was not a Java developer. Please don't ask me any Java questions. But I will learn. If you teach me, I told my, I remember my, my hiring management, if you teach me, I learn. I'm really good at learning. And my coding classes, I have A's. So, hey. And they gave me the opportunity. They were like, okay, That's we'll awesome. teach you Java. And you teach our coders a little bit about, about databases. And for two years, I was a Java developer. And, uh, yeah, it was really nice. That's awesome, Sandra. Bueno, primero te voy a decir que yo, usted no es la única que se fue a uh, West and didn't like it. Yo también estaba viviendo en Seattle y estaba trabajando para Amazon y no pueden conseguir un, ni una empanada. And I'm like, I need to have Colombian food. I need to have los puñuelos, un sancochito. Like, you can't, you cannot put a Colombian in an area where there's no not even one bakery or not even one Colombian restaurant because they will get sad and yeah, depressed. And so, my mom to come and visit. And I was like, exactly. I, before, Be I, mama. before I came to the U.S., I went, to, I didn't know any English, like any English uh, until I was 16. At 16, I went to England yeah. and my mom wanted me to stay in England. And I was like, how? I like, I will never see you people. It's like, I can't. I couldn't imagine my life in a place that was so far from home. And California is really Absolutely. far. So it's like two times as far as, as, as Philly. 
Really six hours. California was I don't even remember. It was like but when I thought about it, it was just like too far from 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 my family. So I was like, nah, that doesn't work for me either. Sí, no, yo también, mi mamá y mi papá, they live in Miami, but um, I needed to come back east because, like, I don't know, there's something about the East Coast that feels like home and familiar. There's so many Latinos on the eastern seaboard that doesn't matter where you are, in Philly, in D.C., in Miami, donde sea, vas a ver muchos colombianos, va a ver mucho puertorriqueño, dominicano, like, I need to be surrounded by my people, like, the people that for me, like, raised me, and so, yo te entiendo, 100%, when it, when it's, like, you're too far from home, when I have to take an eight-hour flight to go to Colombia, there's a problem, you know, <laughs> like, you have to get there, especially because, to me, every time I go to Colombia, I feel reconnected, I feel, like, at home, I feel at peace, yo me, me siento ahí como en un sancochito con mi tío, o mis primos, and I'm like, this is home. Exacto. Desde que me vine, al principio, pues, obviamente no podía ir y venir as, as sí. much as I do now. But for me, just that that once a year that I was able to go home, it was like my battery got recharged. Like I re re understood why I was being so far away. Who who were the people I was working so hard for? I would get a little teary when I talk about all. Oh. No, pues es que ellas están súper orgullosas de ti, Sandra. Ellas están súper, súper orgullosas de ti. Y I feel like it's something that, I mean, to me too, like, para mí, mi abuelo, mi abuela, ellos vivían en Colombia. Y for us to make the leaps and bounds that we have and to make our ancestors proud, like, of yeah. course, like, we're going to get teary-eyed yeah. and we're going we're gonna to cry. I don't but, uh, really talk about, you know, I talk about where I was born, but I don't talk about my family and everything. I'll tell you, my, yeah. mom, my mom and my dad generation were the first generation that left El Choco to go to get an education. My grandfather didn't know how to read or yeah. write, right? He was same. Mad though. My grandfather, <laughs> not really, not writing, but you, he knew all of the business. He was a businessman and he didn't know how to read and write. And my grandma, who he, she did like, uh, like kind of like an associate compared to an associate in nursing, on my mom's side. And on my on my dad's side, also they didn't go to college. So my dad and my mom were the first. And in, in El Choco, there was not university, so you have to. Yeah. Now, as a black person back then, to get to have to go to Bogota, cold white people. It, like navigating the whole racism, the whole you don't belong here system. They did so much. And from them to me living in the U.S., working one of the biggest corporations in the world, it's just so crazy. Like, when I think about it, in, and, and, and I didn't do it myself, right? Like, when, when I decided to move to the U.S., I told my family that I wanted to come here and try because I had studied English in, in, in England. And I'm like, well, I, let's see what I can do with this English. They all pitched a little bit. It wasn't like, we have money for me to come and none of that. My uncle who, who, who had businesses, he's like, you know what? I give you, I give you money for the first semester. My mom was like, here is for your rent. My dad was like, here is some money for, for just food and transportation. And that's how I got here. And then, that's you know, amazing. I started working. I had two jobs. I, I remember my first two jobs were McDonald's and Chipotle's. <laughs> and I had my two jobs and I was like, oh my God, how am I going to go to school? 
and work so I could pay for this because they couldn't they, they save money from, from Colombian pesos to, to dollars. It was just not, it was not. No, era suficiente. Si no, yo también, cuando yo estaba trabajando, yo trabajé también tres trabajos en la universidad. Yo trabajé en la biblioteca, en Chili's como mesera y, y también como IT. Entonces yo iba a llenarle los, los tanques de las impresoras de, de tinta en la escuela y toca hacerlo, ¿me entiendes? Mi mamá y mi papá, ellos me podían ayudar con ciertas cosas, pero claro. no todo. Y mi, y mi hermano también ya iba a empezar la universidad, entonces uno tiene que trabajar. And so for me, I get you. 100%. Yo me acuerdo esos días, yo estudiando full time y también tratando de trabajar y, y que me entre algo, porque, o si no, ¿cómo vamos a comer? ¿Cómo vamos a hacer estas cosas? Pero mire, lo lograste. Y, y para mí, qué orgullo de tu mamá y tu, y tu papá verte en esta posición que estás ahora. I wanted to ask you, like, you know, what led you to pursue a career in technology, you know, other than what you just told me? And how did you navigate your way to your current role as vice president of product management at JP Morgan Chase? Like, first of all, Mind blown, increíble. Like, I just want to say I'm so proud of you because, like, listening to your story and your background and your journey, I resonate with it so much. Yo me siento, and like, I, I see myself in your story. I see myself in your journey. And I just want to say, you know, first of all, thank you for, for sharing. And especially when it comes to what you were talking about, racism, coming from, you know, Choco. My parents came from... El, un, un pueblito chiquito que se llama Ayurral y Yarumal a la ciudad de Medellín and they're treated different because they're campesinos yeah. because they don't, they don't know how to read and write correctly or they don't know how to do certain things igual mi abuelo, my grandpa he didn't know how to read and write but he knew how to run a business he knew how to, he understood he understood the assignment my dad and my mom uh, weren't from Quito either. So even within El Choco, they had a hard time when they have to move from the little town because they're from outside El Choco. From the, my mom was born in Quito, but my dad is from a little, he still lives in Pizarro school. It's like in the middle of nowhere. He has a boat yeah. and then a, a bus, and then that's how he gets to Quito. And he always, he always remember how bad he was treated because he was a campesino and because accent mm -hmm. as if you know we don't all that accents was very different and so for me when when i when i came here everything was a chance that i was given right and at that point in my life i have since i was very little i was always like i'm gonna be a lawyer and i'm gonna have a second career and i'm gonna do this and i had all my plans and when i move up here i have my plan no knowing anything about the system i have my ideas but then i my mom is the most flexible and persevering person in the world. And she taught me flexible, mm -hmm. right? Like you, you're given an opportunity, you think about it, you think, okay, will this be a good path for me? And then you just go for it, right? So that's how when Java, my mom was there in alone with me and I'm like, oh, Java. And they asked me, I remember they like seven questions and five of them, I didn't know the answer. And I'm like, I don't know the answer of that. But if you teach me, I'll learn. Like, don't, don't, not exactly. a, a, a candidate. I'll, I'll learn if you teach me. 
So that's how I started the Java part, the, the technology. In, but the school was because it was close to me. So that was just no-brainer. It's close. I'm a full-time uh, worker. And at night, it was like a commute was for like five minutes from, from my job to the school. So that was like how I ended up in that field as an undergrad. Then Java. Then I was like, I'm a, I'm more like a business person, right? Like the, the, the technology sitting there and I, I need to talk to people and, and explain to people. So I was like, you know, I'm going to do a master. And I couldn't do law because all of the good law schools require you to be full time and not working. And I was an adult. I had bills to pay and I had money to send back home. And I was like, you know what? I'll do master because in, in Villanova, they also do an online MBA. And it was like, it was easier for me to be admitted because I was an alumni and had good grades. It's cool. um, um, my work will pay some part of it. So I was like, okay, I'll do my MBA. No, I didn't have a real plan. <laughs> I was like, I'll do an MBA and I'm a developer. And maybe here in the company I grow, I went to, I went through two years. And then I was in a situation where the company was changing. All of the people of color have, have left. And the thing yeah. changed, you know, like all of a sudden after two years, you're like, wait, what's happening? And one of my coworkers was like, you're the last black person in this company. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God. God. And everything just turned from one day to the next. And at that point, I'm like, but I, I study hard and I work hard and I've been here two years. Like, why is this changing for me, right? Like, I, I, I'm always been a, a champion for uh, racial equality and for other people and I will stand up for your rights and I'm going to protest if something happened to you but I never expected to happen to me right it's like because, no, not because I'm better just because I work so hard and I'm not saying that people that get discriminated is because they don't work hard but you think you're in an industry that is so open you know the technology war is always like we're open and we're inclusive and then you're big corporations and we have all of these trainings and you're like okay i'm in a safe space and then all of a sudden you hear somebody says something or or something little happen and then you're like wait a minute is it something that i do or is it the way i look or is it the way i sound and then my boss then, mm -hmm. when, who, who was about to leave the company, I went to him. He wasn't my boss anymore. And that's how things changed for me. I got changed to another boss. And I was like, I don't know if I can like relate to this person. But they were like, well, you have a great career ahead of you. And we want him, the manager, to have a person that they, he can develop and help you grow. And I was like, so I'm going to be the guinea pig for the guy that doesn't know how to manage but I was like, okay, I'm always like, let me try. I'm the person that if you tell me, I said, I'm going to try and I'm going to work yeah. with this person. I'm going to have a good attitude and I'm going to go work really hard. And then when it was about to graduate for my master's and he started telling people that I was going to leave the company. My former boss called me and he said, Sandra, you're leaving the company? I thought you would like, we, you know, like we were closer than that. You always talk to me about, and I was like, no, he asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I am just starting. I want to learn more. I'm not trying to get, but I guess he felt like I was going to go, you know, with a master's degree, I want might, might want to get his job or whatever. And then everything started changing. And then my boss in that moment was like, this company is very sexist. And I was the only female developer. I was the only last, it was only one other black person that was at, uh, at the left at the company. And then I was definitely the only Latina. 
So in my boss who was a, a white man was like, this is unfair and I want you to go and sue the company. And I was like, me so in a company i was like like no i i that's no like that's not what i want to do i want to work and i want to learn and i want to grow and i i like i don't want to go through all of that and it's funny because jp in that in that time have sent me this invite for um diversity recruitment event and i was so happy with my job but I was like, I don't need to go to no recruiting event. This was like they, and I was also thankful, right? They gave me the opportunity. They taught me how to be a Java developer. They had a mentor, a, a, a guy that, that that taught me everything that I knew. That helped me debug my code, my code. That when I had any issues, he explained to me. So I was like, I owe to this company to be here and work for them and grow with them. But uh, then everything changed. Like literally, it was a weekend. I remember. I remember that I I, I, I I took a break because I was working like 50 hours a week. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go away. I went to Miami and I cried the entire weekend. I didn't do anything. I was at the beach and I was just drinking mimosas and crying. And there was this older women that I found in in, a, in the little place where I was buying the, the, the champagne for my mimosas. And she was a like 50, 60-year-old lady from Europe. And she's like, I'm in the tech world, and let me tell you, this is normal, and you're going to be okay. And she's like, in my time, it was 10 times worse. And she was like, she was so encouraging. Like, I, I, I remember her, and it was like, she was an angel. I don't know where, I don't know who the lady is. I don't know her name. She was there. She gave me the encouragement. She said, don't worry about it. Go back, find a different job, and call it the day. And that's what I did. I went back, and I had that email from the invitation with JP. The time to reply the, the RSVP was like that Friday and I got back home like a Sunday and I'm like, well, nobody's going to see if I reply by Sunday, Friday or not. So I sent an email and I was like, I, was, uh, I, I do want to participate, blah, blah, blah. blah. Can, can I still be considered? And I went to the diversity recruitment event and they hired me. They actually offered me five positions at that moment. I was like, oh. <laughs> it's, it's, the event is absolutely beautiful. Like kudos to JP, they do. They reach out to all of the minority technologies, and then you have interviews on the spot. You send your resume, and whoever is interested, they will interview you in on the spot. But I didn't know that, <laughs> so I got there with my heels on my suit, and I'm like, I'm gonna have a networking event, and I'm gonna learn about JP Morgan Chase. And then, like a week before the event, they're like, "Oh, we have scheduled you with this interview." And I was like, "What interviews?" <laughs> I'm like, "What are you talking about interview?" I had a good resume uh, because at school they help you with the resume, and that's when when you're talking about what do you need to navigate and get anywhere, you need a good resume. You need a resume that stand up. I like the the year after when I was in the position of uh, hiring people in that event. I was so amazed about the amount of people that don't have a good resume. They have a lot of words. It's all black. You don't, you cannot really know what this skill is or what is their goal with the resume. Like I was looking through, I remember the year after I was looking through the pile of resumes. There were hundreds of resumes and it was just words after words after words after words. And, and, and I remember just searching for Java. And I'm like, okay, this is Java, this is Java, this is Java. But there was no, there were so many people that didn't really have 
a resume that a hiring manager could understand. You have to understand, we have so much work. You know, these big companies, it's not like we sit there and we just have cute meetings. This is actually a lot of things to do. So when you are looking for a person, you're trying to find a good candidate, but you also have to do it fast. You cannot sit there and read a paragraph and how your project, you know, went from this to that. You don't have time for all of that. It's unfortunate that is the reality of the industry. So one of my tips to everybody is make sure that your resume is concise. There is so many resume building tools right now. When I do mentorship, I tell people, you pay those $2 trial, that's all you need. You know, you don't need the membership for three months. You need to your resume to be done right right now. It's like a $2 membership, resume help, resume builder, whichever ones you pick. They have this, um, they, they, they give you paragraph example according to your title or to the title. I, I said, don't look it up according to your title. Look it up according to the title that you're applying for and have two or three different versions of resume for each position. That way your resume is more targeted. So so I had a good resume because in, in Villanova, they have a really good uh, student center and I, I didn't have anybody. So. I, the only people that could help me with them, like my family don't know corporate. And I'm like, well, where, igual, igual, where, igual. where do I go? So they, I remember they, they used to send this student, if you want to do your resume and interview questions and all that. So I took advantage of that and they helped me really to create it. And I remember my mom, she's always wear red. Like, because I'm, people don't believe it, but I'm a shy person, especially when there is a lot. Come on. Let me tell you, I am, I, I'm not an introvert because I get energy from people, but I think it's cultural in Colombia as a female, you're not supposed to be loud and introduce yourself. You know, Americans, they go in and like, Oh, my name is so-and-so. And I've been here and there, and I have all of the experience. That's not what they teach you at home. You're supposed to be in your place, right? Calladita, tranquila. Tranquila, you don't brag about anything. You don't tell anybody what you're doing. You have to be humble. And I'm not saying that you don't have to, but the American culture that they put themselves out there and introduce themselves and tell people what their interests are and what their experience are, that's good for people. I don't know how to do that until today. Every time I go to the millions event and because I'm shy, my mom has always said red is the color that people remember. So I just wear red. <laughs> that's my you say I'm wearing red, I wear red. I love it. I love it. Sandra, no, es que, es que también, por eso como se estaba diciendo, like, for us, like, coming from families that are super traditional, they don't understand that it's okay, especially to brag, even though we're taught to be calladitas and humble. Yo era terremoto. Like, I love to talk. I'm an extrovert. Yo quiero conocer a todo el mundo. I love to network. But I remember like suppressing yeah. myself or suppressing who I was or my accent or not being so loud or not coloring my hair to fit in to that mold of what they wanted. And I wanted to say everything you talked about. Well, first of all, let's just unpack everything you just said because you said so many incredible like advice, gems, de todo. I love that you talked about the resume because I think it's super important that people understand that you have to make it bullet points. This is not, you're not making, you're not writing a book. You know, you're not publishing. It's not going to be, a, 
you know, you want to make sure it's simple, clean, and concise. And make sure that you look at what the job listing is. I feel like if you have, you look at what the job listing is and make sure that you refer or give examples to what they are looking for. If you are X, right? Say you're an engineer, but you're giving them examples of a designer or UX designer, like it's not gonna, it's not gonna match. I'm and gonna so one, I think it's a trick that my professor Avelanova taught me. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me all the tricks. To me in the in the in the footnote, right in white, things that you don't know that you think that you can learn. So, okay. so because this resume gets sorted by a machine, right? To my eye, the, the hiring resume, I don't see, let's say that I don't know Java or I don't know C++ or I don't know, but I know that I have uh, Python experience. So I can easily learn Java. I can easily go in. So he said, in your footnote, write in white the skills or the tools that you can learn or that you think that, that are will be easier for you to learn. So the person that is looking at the interview uh, at the resume don't see them, but the machine that is scanning through keywords, will... right, right. What yes. you you just like you just blew my mind because it's verdad. Aunque uno no lo sepa, póngalo ahí porque you don't have to have a hundred percent of everything that's right. listed. Like we're not robots. Like we can learn and we can adapt and and especially. Latinas. Yeah, you need your resume to be in front of the person. You have to actually yeah. resume with your actual skills in front of the person, and the person is going to be able to decide. You know what? This person might not have Java skills, but he has had experience in customer service, which is big in technology. Or this person has experience something else, and the the interviewer, the the, the hiring manager, can decide from your actual resume what they want. But at least you pass that first hurdle, which is the machine scanning for keywords. So put all of the keywords and why and you all, all of them. Todos los keywords. Todos los keywords. I love it. Sandra, y también, también quería decirte, I really, for me, I think it's so important what we talk, what you just talked about, how we always feel so loyal to a company because they're like, oh my God, ellos, you know, they gave us a job. They gave us the opportunity and we, you know, we have to stay here. We, you know, we just have to be yeah. grateful. No, we you cannot stay in one place to be loyal because things change and things can change really fast. El día de mañana, you don't know if you still have that job. So whenever you're presented with these opportunities, go for them. Go interview. Go, you know, d- even if you're you're fine, if you think you're fine at your job, go do it. That's my biggest regret. Cuando yo estaba en Amazon, I'm like, no, I'm not gonna list, I'm not gonna get any, you know, I don't want to interview for Microsoft. No, I don't want to interview for Google. No, I don't want to interview for Facebook because I was like, I'm fine. I'm okay here at Amazon. I'm great. I don't need it. I don't need anything. I don't need anybody else. You know, I'm fine. Jeff got me. But then the but then the pandemic happened. And then Jeff didn't have me anymore. He's like, we got to let you go. So I think that's super important that you mention that guilt that Latinas have that to be super loyal to just one company and don't ever like, you know, explore your options. No, explore your options, even make those connections. And if it doesn't work out, still have them and still 
make sure that you reach out to them and, and nourish them because you never know. El día de mañana, que te, if you lose your job, you can reach out to these people and see if they have an opening for you, you know? And that's how I actually went back. So so I was telling you about how that I got to be at the first I wasn't about the president, I was a scrum master. And then everything started changing. JP changed a lot. And I had three bosses in one year. And, and I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? I was getting nervous. And I also, my commute was so far. And I was like, I wish I had a job close to me. So I was like, I think the loyalty was to my boss that Harmin and JP and she had moved. So I felt a little bit less guilty. And I was like, let me see if I can find a job closer to home. And I ended up going to yeah. Comcast because Comcast, I live in Philadelphia. Comcast is in Philadelphia. So my commute was 10 minutes and I didn't have to drive. I was going to take, I, I mean, it was my dream. Right in the summer, I'm gonna go to the Comcast building. It's absolutely beautiful, and I'm gonna go to happy hours, and I'm gonna walk in the city. And I was like, "Oh my God, this is the best thing that is gonna happen to me ever." Now I was I was moving it because I wanted to do product management, and they had a product uh, offering for me. So I was like, "Perfect." And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> so there was no more going to the city. There was no happy hours. It was like I, I started my job on Comcast on January and March 13th. There was no more beautiful building. There was no more happy hours. And I was sitting at home like, oh, my God. So then I decided, uh, then uh, Colombia closed. Everything was closed. We couldn't come to, and I was panicking. I was like, that was, I think I've never been in a situation where I felt so, like, useless, so, like, hopeless. Because my my part of the world, we have one hospital, two and two or three clinics, and then I don't know if you remember the videos from Ecuador. There were the people dying, and they there were no more. And I was like, my my side of the world don't have an infrastructure to begin with. We don't have doctors. We don't have yeah. hospitals. We don't have oxygen. We won't have anything when this thing comes. So because everything started in New York. Um, I called my mom and I said, everybody has to leave Kibdo. Kibdo is not going to have, it's going to collapse. It's not going to have morgues. It's not going to have water. It's not going to have electricity. I'm like, people are just going to die. And that, and you're going to have to have your dead person, your mom, your, your grandparents. And I was so terrified. My family listened to me and they all went, my mom lives in Medellin. So they all went and, and, and stay with my mom. My mom is very strict. So there was no, there was, everybody was separated in their, in their room. So there was like her family. So my uncle with their, with their daughters, they were in their own room and they could not talk to my grandma that was in her own room. And there were like, you know, sanitations everywhere. And they was like, she was so careful with everybody. My family did not get COVID, but Qué I bueno. couldn't go. Eso, lo, eso, eso lo más difícil que... Es lo más difícil porque a mí también, yo voy a Colombia para descansar, yo me voy a las cascadas, yo voy a, a estar con mi familia, especialmente en Medellín, like, that's my, that's where I feel at home. And for your home to be taken away and for your home not to be available to you and shut down like that, it is heartbreaking. Y pues, tu mamá es como, será mi tía, porque mi mamá también es igual. Mi mamá es, like, super strict. Mi mamá es que no vamos a salir, no vamos a hacer nada. Ahí, ahí, 
Exacto. I even convinced my dad to retire. I was like, no vayas a trabajar. ¿Para qué vas a ir a trabajar? Si usted ya está bien, usted ya se puede retirar. Retírate, tranquilo, quedes en la casa. Obvio, mi papá se hizo un poquito más cabeciduro. He would go out y está con sus hermanas y parties y baby showers y todo eso. Y yo dije, oh my God, Dios mío. Pero... He used to go back and forth for him. Though I called him and I said, I, I think you should stay in Medellín. And he said, oh, no yeah. He's an introvert. He's only, but he has his group of friends, right? And yeah. his group of yeah. friends in the pandemic were meeting. They all died from COVID. Oh, I'm sorry. No, si es que de verdad difícil, especialmente en Sudamérica, como se dice. En los pueblitos de donde es mi, mis tíos y mi mamá y mi papá, ellos no tienen hospitales. Like, there is no infrastructure, there is no hospital, there is no morgue. And it was terrifying, it was scary, it was so scary. Bueno, gracias. Miércoles, cuando yo vuelva a Colombia, no voy a tener familia. That's really what I'm saying. It's like, these people, I know my cousins are going to all go out. I know my grandma's going to want to see their nephews and her her. It's Cassie. Like, he's not gonna be in a house and no one to see my mom or my uncles. And my uncles are gonna go out because they, and I was just like everybody just go, like I was so so I am here thinking but thankfully my mom grabbed everybody, everybody that was at risk, like my uncles that were sick, my grandma, and they were all to my mom's house. So she was protecting everybody. But I I can't bueno. the moment the like Colombia opened, I think it was like on I took this second flight out of this country to Colombia. I'm like, okay, my boyfriend, he had gone through COVID. We now we're living together. So, and, and I had a whole relationship. I didn't care. Like, my house is like, I don't care. Me voy para mi casa. I need to see my mom. Yeah, pero si cierran, vuelven a cerrar, que me encierren, pero en mi casa. Exacto, que me, que me dejen allá en Colombia, que me dejen allá, que me, a, mí, a mí no me dejen aquí en Estados Unidos, sino que me dejen allá. No, igual, igual. El momento que yo pude ir a Colombia, de una, me dije, ok, me voy a ir y ya otra vez en septiembre, el año pasado, mientras estaba haciendo las ilustraciones palatinas en Chac y Corbao, uh, paluminarias que te dibujé a ti. Eh, yo estaba en Colombia, yo estaba dibujando en la noche, dibujaba todos los rostros, so at night I would draw all the portraits, y en el día yo salía con mi mamá y mi papá a los pueblos, a fincas y, y de verdad que es para mí, like Medellín, Colombia, siempre va a ser mi casa, siempre va a ser donde, yo ya le dije a mi esposo que las vamos a retirar allá en Medellín y si él no quiere venir, pues me voy yo sola, <risa> o me voy con Sandra me voy con Sandra Pero... yo te digo, yo me fui yo dije, no importa yo necesito mi familia y uh, we were, Medellín, it was, it was a lot more strict than here so I... oh, Medellín was super strict super strict mi abuela por la mañana, mi abuela es super cristiana mi abuela por la mañana se levanta a las 6 de la mañana a cantar sus, sus canciones cristianas te juro que fue lo más lindo que me pasó. o sea, después de 10 años de estar en este país, yo iba una semana a la vez yo estuve en mi casa 8 meses con mi abuela, oh, todos wow. los días en la mañana like, I, I, I wouldn't, like, forever cherish that time I had with her it was just like, it was es lo más, lo más bonito que hay, lo más bonito que hay. Everywhere, 
but she was in that piece and her singing and I was just thinking, Dios mío, gracias que tuve la oportunidad de venir, de estar con ella. Whatever happened, I was like, whatever happened from here, we were here together as a family. We we like took care of each other and, and we enjoyed each other and we were playing games and you know the little things that you didn't get to do because I'm all the way over here working all the time. Exacto. No, qué hermoso. A mí me encanta que, que like, I really love that you share that with us porque de verdad que es súper importante estar con la familia. Cuando yo trabajaba en, en corporate, en Amazon, yo no pude estar con mi mamá y mi papá por como tres años. Like, yo los veía y la, la única vez que vinieron a Seattle es because I was sick. Like, I was hospitalized. And I was hospitalized because I was working como, como una loca. Y entonces, yeah, when I saw my parents, you know, in September, last September, I was there for a whole month and a half. Eh, y mi papá, mi papá dijo, yo quiero ir a las cascadas donde usted va a las cascadas. Yo dije, bueno, vamos, de una, te llevo a San Carlos, que yo también te voy a llevar, Sandra, por allá, a San Carlos, a esos charcos. Y, yo voy a y mi mamá. Cuando vamos, cuando vamos, vamos a San Jerónimo. Okay, vamos, we're gonna, we already are planning a, a road trip, so whoever, whoever wants to come with, just hit us up in the DMs. Pero de verdad que es importante estar con la familia. Cuando yo no estuve con mi mamá y mi papá y mis primos y no pude ir a Colombia, eso me deprimió mucho. Eso, when you're working in tech every day and you're busting your butt and you're delivering project after project after project, you start to lose yourself. Yeah. You know, and you start to lose your identity as a Latina. And I wanted to ask you, how did you navigate that as an Afro-Latina, like in corporate, being who you are? Because you're such a beautiful, incredible, intelligent, brilliant, fantastic woman. Like, para mí fue difícil in Seattle to hear people like, oh, where's your accent from? I'm like, I was born in Miami. I'm American, but I'm Colombian American, I guess. Like, if you want to like narrow things down and it's just it's intense you know because the code switching and oh my god like people think that you're too intense when you when you're oh yourself when my first job in tech i remember the first day i had my i remember like it was yesterday i had this blue dress that it was like silky and i have the like little heels the little bit of makeup and i got there and they're like oh all of the developers we're gonna have i think it was an architectural review And I got there and everybody was in hoodies. They were all men. They were all American. Yeah. Everybody was like uh -huh. blue or, or gray or black. It's the only three colors in color. The only three colors in tech. Blue, gray, and black. I, I, even though I, was, I had a blue dress, it was a dark blue, but it had flowers in it. And I was like, I remember asking, am I supposed to be here? <laughs> I literally asked out loud if I was and You need sí. a developer, right? And it's like, yeah. And she's like, they were like, yeah, 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 you're supposed to be here. And I sat there and I was like, I don't know if this is the right place for me. It was hard. And I changed. I'm not going to say that I haven't changed. Like, I don't wear dresses at work. I don't wear makeup at work. I don't, because I, I have toned down to make people more, like, you know, I have a, a Latina figure. So I don't want guys looking at me when I'm at work. I want them to listen to my words. And when I say whatever is happening with the infrastructure, I, so it's really hard. I, I'm not like, but on the other hand, I think that you have to be flexible. 
right? Like you have yeah. to learn how to. I come back home and I have my Latino group and I have and I'm the I'm the grandma. I cook. I have my my Latin music. Bueno, yo tengo que venir porque yo necesito que me cose. <laughs> yo, I need to try some of your food. Porque la comida es importante para nosotros. We, sí, it, sí. It's the way we share love with our family. When we cook, it's Exacto. love. Exacto. I care about you. And because we have so many traditions and so many people don't know how to make the food in the way that our grandmas. And so I cook for my friends when they're sick or when we have a party so that we feel a little bit at home. And that's my space. So I make sure that every weekend, well, not every weekend anymore because I'm too busy, but whenever I cook, <laughs> uh, I was just talking to one of my best friends here. So in the community college we started, we had LASO, which is the Latin American Student Organization, and they became my family. And we go to all of our birthdays and we celebrate together and we talk in Spanish. And my, my husband, he's Puerto Rican, but he speaks more English than he speaks Spanish. And when we're together, he has to speak Spanish. It's like, we speak in Spanish, dude, you got to get on board. And, you gotta... and he loves it too. So he's like, oh, he always says that we make him feel more Latino because we keep that. And now they're having kids and we want to make sure that they feel connected to Colombia, even though they cannot go to Colombia every week, right? So that's how I keep my Latinity. But at work, I have Colombia. I cannot say that I have it. I also do my blonde hair is because I do color hair. <laughs> so I. Yo también. Obvio que a mí me gusta también el color. Last year I was cool. The year before I was purple. And, but now I'm like, well, you know, I'm the vice president. Like I, they already have to deal with my color hair. Now they have to deal with this blue hair. So I, I, I definitely have toned it down. But I don't think it's a bad thing, right? I think, think you cannot lose completely yourself, but you have to give space for your work to speak. Right, I don't want 100%. to be the person that they're looking at, not because I know what I'm talking about, but because my hair is right or so whatever. But it's because I'm in this VP more kind of like if you're in the tech and in the developer, that's that's your time to go and do your hair in any color and wear the clothes that you want to wear. I had my time. I I did all of that when I was a developer. I did purple. I did green. I did blue hair. And I anticipate that when I get to a different level, I will get back to it. It is like a transition that you kind of have to navigate it in a way that, that doesn't take you back, unfortunately. I, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. When you're in those leadership roles, like you have to be flexible and you have to, you know, let your work speak for itself. And But you, Sandra, lo que lo, que lo, lo más importante que yo that that of your response to answer is that you don't forget where you come from you still cook and you still go out and you speak spanish y es lo más importante para mí cada vez que que puedo hablar español con con alguien con como contigo la tía bueno mi esposo he is half colombian and half peruvian pero es más americanizado y le gusta hablar inglés así como tu esposo And so I know they're gonna, you know, whenever they meet, they're gonna love each other because it's like, you know, it's the same type of way of like they were just brought up to speak English here. Cuando yo hablo con mi mamá y papá, yo hablo en español. Yo nunca hablo en inglés. Y con la tía de mi esposo, que es mi tía también, mi tía nena, yo también hablo español. 
So whenever I have the opportunity to speak Spanish, I keep it. And then also my nephews, que mi hermano acaba de tener hijos, yo le mando libros. De, de una, hay una compañía que se llama Little Libros, que es latina, mm -hmm. y esos libros son bilingües. So ellos pueden leer en inglés y en español. Y yo creo que es súper, supremamente importante tener esa raza, tener ese, ese, ese amor y por su, su patria. Even though I was not born in Colombia, I feel a thousand percent Colombian. Like, I feel like I'm the most Colombian person you'll ever meet porque el orgullo de, ser, de decir mi, ma mi mamá, mi papá, mis abuelos son colombianos y lucharon para las oportunidades que yo tengo aquí en este país. Si no fuera por ellos, yo no estaría aquí. Like, I wouldn't be anything. I would just be, I don't know. I don't know what I would be doing in Colombia. Yo nací en Bogotá, ¿ok? What? Excuse me. Yo nací en, pero tú nunca me vas a escuchar decir que porque yo nací en Bogotá y no tengo ninguna conexión con Bogotá. Mi familia es del Chocó, me crié sí. en el Chocó, mi cultura es del Chocó. Y mi mamá dice, Sandra, tú hasta en inglés hablas chocuano. Yo... I love it. No, pero es que esa es la cosa. Uno, yo nací en Miami, pero yo me siento más colombiana. Yo digo, antes yo le decía a mucha gente que yo nací en Medellín para que, ya, yeah, ya, yeah, I'm Colombian, I'm from Medellín. Y ya. They figured that I, that I was that much Colombian. Nunca me vas a escuchar decir que yo soy de Bogotá, porque, porque yo no tengo, y, y, y mi esposo que nació en Filadelfia, yo siempre le digo, es que tú, tú eres de donde tú te sientes, tú eres de la tu familia. Eso es importante, ¿me entiendes? Más más importante Super. que el hospital en donde naciste. Tú fuiste a haber nacido aquí, pero si tú... Y hay mucha gente que nació allá, viene a Estados Unidos y no se identifica con Colombia, y está bien. Tú tienes que estar sí. y tú tienes que decir que tú eres de donde tú te sientes. Tú te sientes americano, sea americano. eso está, América no tiene ningún problema. Súper. Pero si tú te sientes como yo, chocuana, qué pena, pero no me vas a escuchar porque soy rola nunca. ¿No? No, es que no, no, no eres Rola, eres del Chocó y ya, ya sabemos dónde que eres del Chocó. We're going to edit that Bogotá section out of the podcast. No, just no, la verdad es que es que es lo que se siente uno y para mí, cada vez que yo estoy en Colombia, yo, if, I, if my feet are in Medellín, I know I'm in my happy place. It's where I belong. Um, mi, el lado de mi papá, todos son, viven aquí en Estados Unidos. And I don't feel as connected with them as I do with my mom's side. My mom's side, desde que yo estaba chiquita, eran, hey, mira, aquí está la artista Sandra, aquí está la yaya que está pintando. Oh, mira, mire, te, te traemos eh, un sketchbook o crayolas o lápices. Siempre creían en mi talento. Y es algo diferente porque aquí en los Estados Unidos, it was different. It was like, oh, no, you're going to be a starving artist. Aquí no vas a hacer nada, like you're not going to do anything with your art. Y lo, lo más importante fue que mi abuelo me decía, no, usted quiere, si usted quiere ser artista, usted tiene que ser la mejor Exacto. artista. Y usted tiene que hacerlo mm -hmm. bien. Y no, no, no pensar que, oh my God, like, que, que no vas a hacer nada. No, tienes que mantenerte positivo y decir que sí vas a lograrlo. And what I hear a lot from your journey, Sandra, is that you believed You know, you're like, I believe I belong here. I believe I'm a developer. I might not know Java, but I can learn it. You can do it. My mom is the, you can do it. My mom is, ella, ella siempre me dice, Sandra, si los demás pueden, tú también puedes. 
Oh, I love your mom. Every time. Y cuando, mira, yo, tú no creas que yo soy una corporate princess. Yo hago plumbing, yo hago, yo pinto mis paredes, yo hago reparaciones en la casa. Mi mamá siempre me dice, Sandra, si una persona piensa que las trade person, they go and they have a class of six months y aprenden a, a pintar y a, ¿Cómo tú con toda la educación que tienes no vas a poder aprender a, a poner un, una, un cable? Yo a mi, a mi hija hago sí. todo. Cuando estaba ayer en, en el apartamento porque había un link, estábamos mi esposo y yo en el apartamento. Yo estaba lijando las paredes mientras él se encargaba de la plomería. I love it. I love it. Eso es lo, eso es lo más importante que uno puede aprender de todo. Like, yo también con el, con when it comes to like me decían en el trabajo, like they would tell me, do you know how to build a website? I didn't know how to build a website, but I would say, yeah, I know how to build a website. That night, esa noche, I was on YouTube and I learned how to build that website. I learned, I learned how to build that website. Igual cuando yo estaba eh, con video, me decían, ¿sabes cómo operar Final Cut Pro? Like, do you know how to use Final Cut? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know how to use Mañana Final me Cut. Cargo de eso, no te preocupes. La, the, that night, I watched like eight YouTube videos in a row. And I'm like, okay, this is how you do it. This is how you edit. And you just do it. Like, you just go for it. Even if you don't know how to do something, learn it. Google it. Estamos en una era, una época, que uno puede ir en la internet y puede buscar lo que sea y aprender lo que sea. You know? So I love that you took your journey as a developer and you learned and you flourish and you understood that you did like for me i i keep thinking like you your mom reinforced that saying that you you could do it eres capaz eres capaz de lo que usted quiera and i think that's the most beautiful thing that our parent like my mom was the same thing my mom me siempre me decía que siempre era capaz que dios si quiere you know when And, and at least my family is super religious. They're like, oh, si, si Dios quiere. But my mom would be like, no, Dios si quiere, Dios si quiere. Tú eres capaz. And Dios so, I just... <laughs> y, entonces, lo, lo último que quería preguntarte antes de, de hacer el rap es que, like, what advice do you have for any Latinas that are entering, especially Afro-Latinas that are entering the tech world right now? And what is it that you want them to know, especially from your journey? Anything, any advice from either, you know, we could touch back on to resumes or anything else that you want to add to what I you just said. I think the most important, again, is, is start with your, your resume. Then be prepared for the yeah. interview. Interviews, uh, uh, United States is the, the standards of the standards. Everything is standard here. So interviews are standards. Go on the internet, find out what are the most common questions for the position that you are applying for. There is a here is like there is no bad answers. There are bad answers. So make sure that you know the correct answer. No, I'm not saying lie. I'm saying make sure that your journey is expressed in the correct way. So you, if you have to say, you know, when they tell you, oh, what's what's your strength and what's your weakness, there is a correct way of answering that. Saying, oh, I am a disorganized person, but, oh, you know, something that is not really what you're supposed to say doesn't help you in the interview. You got to, so when, when I uh, got out of my undergrad, I had this notebook where I wrote all of the questions 
and I wrote all of the answers. And my journey, every time I got a new job, I will add it to tell me about yourself. So I will, you know, take out that I was a, a, a waitress because it's been too, you know, too long. And I added that I was a Java developer and I kept that notebook for years. And every time I had to go to an interview, I had the same answer, the same questions. I will update the answer. And it was just natural to me. So when I go to the interview, I know what to say when they ask me about my journey, my five year plan. That's, that's the hardest one for me because I don't know what I'm going to be in five years. But, you know, I have an answer because if I have to sit there and think about it, I will literally tell them, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do next year. Why do you want me to tell you what I'm going to do in five years? I don't know. But there is a way to answer all the things. So be prepared, right? It is a lot more about how prepared you are and how you do your homework than it is really about who you are on your journey, right? And also talk about who you are as a person. I always talk about how I volunteer. I always talk about how I'm passionate about politics. I always talk I always talk about the things that I do back in Colombia because I want the, the interviewer to know me as a person. And I want them to know that if I said tomorrow, I'm sorry, I have to go home because my grandma's sick, they understand from the beginning that that's important to me. So you have to kind of have your own story and, and wrap it around the things that are important to you with the things that are important to them. So it has to be a good combination of what they're looking for, but who you are, so that you understand that it's a good mix. If you're in a company that's like, oh, I don't really care how you spend your time on sort of work, that might not be the right company for you because we are Latinos and we are all about family and about food and about going back home. So you have to be in a place that allows that for you. And I'm going to tell you really quick how I got back to being a VP at JP, right? So I was in yeah. Yeah. Pandemic happened and I said, I want to be here. I want to I wanna work from home and I want a remote job that, that allows me to pay for everything that I need to pay for because my student loans and everything have to be paid, but I want to do it from, from home. And then like I went through like three days of looking for remote jobs, remote jobs. And I said, or... I want to be in the United States in a position that is so great that it's worth me not being with my, my family. So I applied as a B, for a VP position and I was like, they're not going to give me a VP position. I'm only like four years experience and it's like nobody's going to allow me. I was like, whatever. But if I'm going to go back to the United States, it has to be for a VP or above. And that's how I applied to the position that I have. It turned out that the hiring manager was the same manager that hired me at the beginning. My resume then wasn't updated, but I had worked with her and she knew who, who I was. So she called me and she said, Sandra, you applied for the VP position, but um, I have these other positions. And I said, no, 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 Figen is her name. I am actually working in the API marketplace. And, and she's like, really? Send me your updated resume. She gave me the opportunity, but I wasn't ready. But because I had that relationship with her and I already have gotten to show her what I was capable of, she gave me the opportunity. I still had to uh, interview with five executive directors and everybody just like everybody else. But that's how I became. And then I was like, okay, this is worth me going back. Right? And that's how I yeah. And it's been a great. My, they are so supportive. They, like all, all the, the, the leadership in my department are female. And they are from different backgrounds and they're just like our champions for me. And like, I love, I love it. I, I wanted to be home, but I think it was 
it was a good decision for me and for my family. Now I'm married and I have my new family here. So now I'm thinking about what I'm going to do here. But that's what pushed me into looking. I wouldn't have. I would have never applied for a vacation position if it wasn't because I was like, that. it has to be worth my time if I'm going back. And I think when I think about it, it's like, why don't I think about that in any other circumstances? Why does it have to be either I'm going to be in Colombia? No, you have to start applying. So now I'm like... Next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to apply for an easy position with the JP pro probably because they are a great company for me. But if no, then I will have to look for a different company because mm -hmm. that's how that's how we grow, right? 100%. Sandra, tienes toda razón. And I think this is so beautiful that you said that, you know, your you know, leadership team is super supportive of you and that you have the support of, of women, especially when you were applying for that role. And she's like, yo, you need to update that resume. Porque you have the skills to be a VP, but you have to put it on that resume. And I love that you said that because I think it's super important for us to cost, especially the notebook. I love the notebook because yo también tenía lo mismo. Tengo un notebook de Colombia. It's like a jean notebook of like un cuaderno que yo compré en Colombia. And I literally put in every single page, I remember I would put, you know, when I was an intern, web intern, web design intern, video editor intern, like social media manager, uh, art director, like visual designer, and then art director again. And so todas esas posiciones, like, have a example of every single position that you have, like, that you've been in. And, and keep that in your journal, keep that on your computer, keep that listed because you never know where your next opportunity lies and where you could draw from other, you know, skills that you have under your belt porque every resume should be different. You shouldn't be sending the same resume for, uh, you know, let's say like a, you know, a VP position than for a you know, an engineering position. Those are two completely different positions. And so I love that you, you know, talked about that it's 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 really important to focus on having multiple examples and to research and go to Google. Like when I applied to Amazon, I didn't think I was going to get in. I didn't have any like references. You know, like nobody knew who I was in Seattle. And so the moment I got the interview, I was like, okay, youtube.com. I literally looked up what questions do they ask visual designers at Amazon? What questions do they ask art directors? What questions? And then I learned the leadership principles of the company because most companies have like a page where there's principles the on the, on the, Exactly, the culture. And and so you, what I like to do is I like to have at least three examples for each principle. And at Amazon, there were a lot. So I had like a whole freaking book of like examples. But unless the thing, like you have to be proactive, like nobody is going to stop and say, hey, this is how you do everything. Like you need to reach out. And I wanted to ask you before I go, did you have any mentors at JP Morgan? when you you know first got started or have you had mentors in your previous roles like at Comcast? When, when i first joined my company that i was a developer my first mentor was the hiring manager he was like okay you don't know java here is a person that is going to work with you so i had a peer that taught me how to be a java developer and he 
he just like really helped me so much through everything. That was my first two mentors. Then when I moved to JP, my hiring manager, she became more of like a corporate mentor, right? This is how you navigate these things. I'm going to introduce you to this person. I want you to make sure that you have relationship with that sort of person because I'm not that. Right? Like, seriously, like people, think I'm not. I'm not gonna be there. Like, oh my god! And like, I remember when leadership was coming to the office, and she's like, I want you to come and meet you know all of the leadership and i was like okay and i got there and she couldn't and she couldn't come to the office i didn't say hi to anybody i didn't I, and i and i and i was like i'm gonna do it because mentally you're like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna go and present myself i'm gonna introduce myself and i'm gonna say so because i work with you guys me when i got there i was like i'll wait for the next time <laughs> I wait for the next time and, uh, and so the next time she was there and she introduced me to, because there is people like that. There is some in, that is a good thing that I tell people that is like me, find that person that would, it, it, it sounds cliche, but that will say your name in those opportunities. Because if you're not able to do it, because I, I can tell you I'm not, like I try, I tell myself, I, I, I mentally prepare myself. And when I'm there, I chicken out. And it's like, eh, you know what? But if you have somebody, like I have my friend Maria, she's in Medellin, she's, Paisa, she's in Medellin, and Maria has this amazing ability to tell your story in two minutes. And she goes and she's like, here's my friend Sandra, and she's a VP, and she, and then she in, immediately you're in the room with these other people. So ha, have those connections, right? Find the people that you can talk to when you're not, when you're feeling shy, like that one person, and they will help you navigate because they're the type of people that talk to everybody. That's how I have now that I'm in a leadership role and like the, the, the connections about like going to this conference and doing this other thing. For some reason, the red, I'm going to tell you, is the red. When I'm in the room, I'm shy, but people see that peop, that person dressed in red and they come talk to me. So my mom's advice, that's how I attract people to me. And they come talk to me and they're like, who are you? Who are you? And what do you do? And then I'm comfortable because if they ask me, I'm gonna, I'm not going to stop talking. <laughs> so I'm shy at the beginning, but once you ask me, trust me, I'm not going to stop talking. So I have my little, you have to learn how to, you know, overcome your little things. Like I'm shy, so I wear red. People get, you know, like intrigued by this one red dot in the room. <laughs> they always come talk to me, especially the people that is super active and super like, they see that red dress or that red color and they're like, hmm, they get like curious. Who are you? And they come to me and now they introduce me to everybody. So that those are the little things that you have to learn how to overcome your own issues. And, and, and you know, that's how it's been for me. I, it's been a great journey. I have found people in multipliers and mentors and peers that help me navigate and I think this year has been crazy, and and I think it's going to be great. Right, I'm trying to learn how to be my own advocate, but it's still gonna take me a while. It's still gonna take me a while. No, Sandra, qué bueno, no. Gracias por be like, gracias de verdad por ser sincera y honesta, porque de verdad que es es difícil hablar de uno. Like, it's hard for me to brag about myself. Like. I will brag about you, Sandra. I'll be Maria. Like, I will be in that room and I'll be like, this is Sandra. She's a VP for JP Morgan. And, like, I would literally be that person to, like, you know, empower others. Pero yo también tengo que hacer eso para mí. Like, I have to advocate for myself. And I have to say, you know what? I need to stand in my power. I need to stand 
in who I am and be proud of who I am. And I love that you are sincere about it. You're like, hey, at first I'm introverted and it's really, really awkward to be in a room full of people that I don't know. Like, it's normal. It's normal. So for me, like, I love that you were just super honest and real in this podcast. De verdad que I can talk to you for the next, like, seven hours, but I know you're a busy woman. Y te quiero decir que I see myself in you. I see, I feel myself represented and I'm so freaking proud of you. Like, de verdad, soy super orgulloso. Like, when I read, I remember your portrait was the first portrait I illustrated for Latinas and Tech and Corvell because I read your story and I was like, man, this, this, this beautiful woman is exactly who I aspire to. Like, I want to make sure that other mujeres understand your story and understand like how what it took to get to where you're at and i love that you were again like i said super sincere very upfront very honest about your experience because i feel like you're gonna be able to connect with so many people a lot of people are gonna relate to your story especially as an afro latina and i think at the end of the day like it's women like you it's leaders like you that advance technology that advance tech Like, your opinion matters. The way you carry yourself matters. The way you look at things at a completely different perspective than white counterparts, like, that's important. I, I had and an interview what... not too long ago for, like, a leadership program, and it's for this, like, uh, finance, women in finance or whatever. And the person's like, what can you bring to the industry? To like the, But it, I'm in the tech, and this is, like, a finance, Wall Street, all white people. And I was like, well, the industry needs a little bit of me. They need tech-sized, diverse experiences. And the guy was like, oh, that was a great answer. But he, he was shook because I was like, you guys, like the finance world needs more techie women of color. That's it. And I am that. And let me, that I'm not afraid to say because it's the truth. Everybody will be better off if we had more representation of everything. And we need yeah. to also be open to helping other minorities. That's the one thing that I want the Latino community to, to, to learn. It is important that as we get in these spaces, we also make spaces not just for Afro-Latinas or for Latinos in general, everybody else, whether they're Asians or they are LGBT, we need to help each other because the world just gets better when we have different opinions, right? So... 100%. De verdad, sí, sí, como para, para mí, como empresaria, cuando a mí me vienen, for example, when I have subsidios, grants that are black grants, yo se los mando a mis amigas que son, you know, black, que son negras, porque, porque yo me voy a, si yo tengo información, if I have things that can benefit a community, even though I'm a Latina and it's not my community, The, if the whole community rises, see, if we share our resources and when, and when we're, and when we're in those spaces, como usted dijo, Sandra, and we bring in more people of color, like you said, Asian, black, it doesn't matter. Like every, every single person that we bring in to that corporation is going to make it a more inclusive and a place that reflects yeah, America. Exactly. Because guess what? We want our applications for work for everybody. It's good business when you have an application team 
that develops to the reflection of the world. Like, you know, it just it just makes so much sense. So that, that's my goal. My goal is to inspire Latinos and Black and anybody that is a minority. And people that is non-traditional student, I think my passion is people like me. I went to school full-time, both for my undergrad and my master's degree, and it can be done. It's hard? Yes. Did I cry? Absolutely. But we got through it. And I'm here, and I want more people like me to be there. You know, single mothers, I can't, I can't stress it enough. The tech industry is such a good industry for single mothers because it's flexible, because you can work from home, because you can leave in the middle of the day. Nobody's going to tell, look at you weird if you tell your boss, I got to go pick up my child because he's sick. So we have to get out of the, uh, you know, out of the comfort zone and try it. Is it hard? Yes. Engineering is not an easy, but it's not impossible. Como dice mi mamá, si otros pueden, tú también puedes. I love that. Me encanta, me encanta, de verdad. Tienes toda la razón. Tu mamá tiene toda la razón, Sandra. Si, si, si fulano de tal, pues capaz de aprender código. Se también lo puede aprender. And no, I think... You don't. Even the people that is super, super been working on this, it's hard for them. You don't have to be perfect. Right, you just get through it and you complete your assignment. Yeah, it might take them five minutes and it might take you ten, but you complete your assignment and that's what matters. Exacto, exacto, and that's the thing. I feel like the biggest takeaway right now from this conversation is that you don't have to be perfect to apply to a position. You don't have to know everything, every single skill listed in the job description, and one year in the job, just. Put it in, put it in white, put it in white, okay? Because Sandra, she gave you the hack. She gave you the hack. Uh, put those keywords so that it pops up because that's the thing. Humans aren't reading your resumes. Machines are reading them first. And then a human gets to it. Then a hiring manager gets to it after it's been sorted, after it's been, you know, kind of checked out. Y, y pues Sandra, de verdad que te adoro, te admiro, te amo más, te amo más, porque esta conversación de verdad, like, I really felt so, like, everything that you talked about, like, I'm like, yep, like, I feel like in some way, in some point in my life, uh, I can relate to it, especially when it comes to yes. family, and I'm so grateful to your mom that she instilled and empowered you because you've empowered so many women. And I really appreciate all the advice you gave, especially to Latinas that are entering tech. And just want to tell you que te quiero, que te adoro, que te admiro, and like everything that you do, siga pa'lante, que tú eres una inspiración, no solamente for Latinas. We're in this pero, together, me and you. We, we are. are both going and going and going in this together. And that's what we want. We want more people to get in this together. And if you need an advice, I, I this year is extremely hard because I am super busy. But I'm always there. Like, if you need me, it might take me, like, a little bit longer than it used to. But you can pick me in, on, on LinkedIn. And, you know, Sandra, whenever you need me, I'm here for you. I am sorry. Because we get... Tranquila, tranquila. No, 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 no. Para mí... Lo más importante es hacerlo en comunidad. Así como me dijo mi abuelo, que la comunidad es más importante que el individuo. En comunidad se puede hacer algo más grande que uno solo. So, 
I just want to say, Sandra, te adoro, te quiero. Y uh, just, por favor, cuéntanos, where can we find you? So you said LinkedIn. Where can we find you on LinkedIn? Anywhere else that we can find so you online? And book you as a speaker, maybe? Book you as a speaker? Where can we book you as a speaker? Well, I have my website, sandramosquera.com, sandramosquera.com. I have my LinkedIn account, which is Sandra Mosquera. I think I'm Sandra Mosquera Vargas already. So I just got married, so now I'm Sandra Mosquera. Perfect. Bueno, Sandra, muchas gracias por esta conversación. Thank you so much for being an inspiration, for being my muse, for being someone that I look up to and that I'm super proud to know that you're from Colombia and I'm just like, Again, even more in love with you because I'm so proud of your journey and how far you've come. Y todo lo que luchaste para llegar donde estás. Te lo mereces y te mereces todo el éxito del mundo. And just know that aquí siempre estoy a la orden. Gracias. We all deserve it. We all deserve it. Y, and you can find me at Hola Lucia Diaz on every platform. And please, if you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to the Art of Representation podcast and make sure that you share this episode with Afro-Latinas, Latinas, anybody that might be going through a situation in through tech where they're wanting to advance and want to know how to get into technology, especially because they're so, it's so important for this field to be more diverse. So, gracias, Sandra. Te quiero mucho. And that, that's it for now. This is a wrap. So, Mil gracias have a for great listening day. to this episode. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you so support. much for listening. Make sure you in. subscribe to the podcast and also do me a huge favor. Send this episode to your amiga, anybody that would enjoy listening to this specific episode. And make sure to also leave a review that will help us get found by more amazing Latinas como tú. Bueno, recuerde. Tú eres capaz. You are able to do anything that you set your mind to. You're a badass. And if you need a reminder, make sure to slide into my DMs. It's Hola Lucia Diaz in all platforms. Ciao.